The Connected Families podcast is made possible by listeners like us. My name is Linnell Plath. My husband and I are empty nesters with two adult kids, and my five years of working at Connected Families has been a game changer for our family. We love to connect as we explore the great outdoors on bikes, boats, or on foot. My hope is that God will touch you personally through today's program. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Stacey Bellward, the host of the Connected Families podcast. Welcome to our community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth onto our children. I'm so glad that you're here today. Well, have you ever typed into your search bar how to stop siblings from fighting all the time? I'm guessing that if sibling conflict is an issue, then during the summer when kids are out of school and they're all together is the prime time to be feeling the sibling conflict struggle. Well, today I have a guest with me. Her name is Katie Johnson. Katie is a Connected Families Certified Parent Coach and a mom of kids sometimes have conflict too. Don't we all, right? Well, we're going to chat about how she has worked with her kids to teach them to reconcile and value each other. And to connect all of that, she used the process that we teach in the online course that's called Sibling Conflict, From Bickering to Bonding. We filmed that course a couple of years ago and have heard from thousands of people that the peace process, which we teach in the course, is really so helpful. I love the peace process because it's an excellent example of what we do so well here at Connected Families. We take the Bible first as our anchor. And we reference brain science and research, and we make it so practical. We're going to do that in today's podcast. Well, the peace process is of four steps and is depicted in a really fun cartoon drawing of a family who starts on crazy mountain. I'm going to get to that with Katie. And then we need to come down that mountain and cross over the river over to reconciliation. There's four big stones to cross that river. So there's four steps. And that is the peace process that's taught in the sibling conflict course. You guys, it's a smaller course, by the way, if you want more information about that, go to our show notes, but we're going to talk about those four steps today with Katie. So, hey, Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Stacy. It is so good to have you with us. Well, Katie, you are a Connected Families Certified Parent Coach. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your family, your kids, and just how you got to here today. Yeah. So I live in Madison, Wisconsin. My husband, Gabe, we have three kids. Lydia is five. Liren is four. He's just 12 months behind her. So they're real close together. And then Levi is two. And I've been a teacher for a long time. I've worked in kind of the education realm for, for a number of years. And now I'm starting the homeschool journey with my three little. So kindergarten is coming up this year. And yeah, I would think it was a, it was about, oh, two or three years ago when I was just feeling so frustrated with my lack of tools in the parenting realm. I thought, okay, I'm a teacher. I should know how to do this. Like classroom management is my thing, you know, and uh, wasn't working with my kids. And so I had been following connected families for a number of years. And then I saw their coaching certification invitation pop up in my email inbox. And I thought, yes, like 
I want to take every class they have. I want to learn it all well enough to be able to teach it and use it and apply it in my home. So we've been on the journey and Mm -hmm. sibling conflict was one of those things early on that drove me to a point of needing help and seeking tools. And so we have had ample opportunity to apply this, you know, And it's been yes. so great. And we've seen so much transformation and I just can't imagine where, where we would have been without it, you know? So I'm excited to talk about it today. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to have you on the podcast today. Cause we know that you have, you've really worked hard in this area of sibling <laughs> conflict with your kids. It's surprising, huh? With a five-year-old and a four-year-old and a two-year-old, how yeah. much sibling conflict can be yes. in the house. I yeah. know it, it can start young. So what does that sibling conflict look like in your house? Well, okay. It's funny. Cause I was just looking back, think, thinking about doing this podcast. I was reading back through their baby journals and it started out so sweet and loving. Like the bait, the first baby brother, was born and it was like, we all just doted on him and loved him. And it's like, she, she would, you know, the sister would kiss his head and then it's like, he gets mobile and, and he got mobile really soon. Cause he was a strong child, you know, and as soon as, as soon as he could get in her space, their wills and their desires just started clashing and you know, that was it. And so it's like, you know, now they both want the same toy at the same time, or they're so interested in what the other one is doing that they take over what's going on, or they just plow through one another's space. They intentionally or unintentionally hurt each other. They both yeah. want the mobile device, you know, you get it yeah. right now. They're fighting over bugs a lot because it's bug season and they, they all love bugs. And so it's like, who gets the caterpillar? And Yeah. And so what you're describing is crazy mountain. Yeah, yep, I talked yep. about it in the intro and just this cute cartoon character that describes the, the peace process. But we start in this mountain that almost feels like it could be a volcano. Anything can land us on that volcano pretty yes. quickly, like even yep. a caterpillar. Right. Because then it grows up. Right. And everyone knows like my kids are now older, but it it turns into get out of my room. Don't sit on my bed. You know, you wanted to borrow my shirt. And now that shirt is just laying on the floor and you didn't take care of it. And yeah, like it just can be about almost anything, can it? Totally. Yeah. Totally. I, and I also can put myself on crazy mountain because of even just the social pressure of, of your kids behaving well. You know, it's like they slug each other and somebody else sees that. And it's like, what am I going to do now as a mom? I don't know. I can just, and I'm suddenly, I'm like, fix this, control this, make it stop. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, we can put ourselves on crazy mountain too. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of reasons why it gets really hard. Mm-hmm. Not to mention modeling Crazy Mountain, like maybe with our spouse and our own <laughs> conflicts and all that. That's what yeah. I actually really love about this whole process is you can use right. this with any relationship, That's actually. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I like yep. that. Well, you've been on this journey for uh, about two years, you mm-hmm. said. So if you were to look back and talk to yourself two years ago, what would you say to that mom, which is really everyone listening who might be ready to embark on a deeper journey of, okay, let's fix this or work on it better. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, again, just combing through my journals the other day, I actually found this note that I wrote probably two or three months ago. Just, I don't know if I was going to maybe make an Instagram post out of this or what, but I just wanted to, I just thought, I wish I could have encouraged myself two years ago with some of these thoughts. Like I was hoping for an end to screaming. I was hoping for less fighting. I was hoping for a little bit more just quiet, maybe mm-hmm. in the house, maybe some friendship thrown in as a bonus. But uh-huh. what I really never 
imagined, I probably, I should have, but I didn't see it coming was that they really could operate in this true kind of fellowship where they are, they're like operating like a little church between them and us, you know, in the way that they encourage each other and build each other up and value their relationship and seek the Lord. You know, it's like they, they have kindness and compassion and they are, they understand the mercy of Christ. And I, I never could have seen how impacted their relationship could have been by that. The Holy Spirit operates in in their world and in their hearts too, you know, and and it's like it has been so beautiful to see the fruit of that and yeah. to see how strong their relationship has grown mm-hmm. um, because of just just doing these few things over time, these small steps over time. Wow, that's really really powerful, especially at their age. So I can just you know the building blocks that are there for them now to launch into those potentially more volatile years as they get older. And yeah, well, let's dig into each of the four rocks, we call Mm -hmm. them because remember, everybody, we're we're talking about this image of there's a mountains on both sides of the river, right? One is crazy mountain, but it takes Mm -hmm. four rocks to cross the river. So four Mm -hmm. steps. This is why I just love the peace process, because it's easy to remember and easy to show your kids and teach them four rocks to get over to reconciliation side. Well, the first rock is we need to calm. And there's sort of like two sides of the calm, right? It's mm-hmm. our dad need to calm down. And then mm-hmm. we need to work to help our kids calm down. Mm-hmm. And we teach three steps in the course. We need to stop, breathe and think. So how have you worked to, to calm down for yourself and then for your kids? In the sibling conflict course, we talk about understanding what's going on in me. We're stopping, we're taking this breath and we're really thinking about what am I what am I bringing to this situation in, mm-hmm. inside of me? And I, I kind of have to back it up and ask even a larger question. And for me, like what, what's going on in me is informed by, you know, what's available to me in the Lord and what's happening in me, because ultimately what we want for our kids to experience is reconciliation. And it becomes like really obvious very quickly that the injustices that they perpetrate toward one another are not actually going to get fully rectified by the other. Like they can't, they really can never fully make it right. They could make up, they could get better. They could, they could get over it, but how do I help them? How do I keep bitterness and resentment out of my own heart? And how do I coach them to keep bitterness and resentment and rivalry from cropping up over and over at the risk of sounding cliche or overusing a phrase? This is where I really have to go to the cross because the only way I can enter conflict zone like this, my kid's conflict zone like this is to have the kind of peace that has enough like substance and strength to to deal with it. And the only way that I get that kind of peace is by receiving what's been done for me. If I can understand the enormity of the debt that I owed and what's been done for me and how I've been released, then the peace that that gives me is really unshakable. And regardless of the fact that they are fighting and it's crazy and I may have just recently messed up, I can still enter with a peace that has enough for this situation because God has enough for this situation. And so what's going on in me is that I have to access that. I I have to acknowledge, whoa, I'm this I'm I am too hot or too 
too dysregulated or whatever the word is for this situation. I have to go back. I have to stop. I have to breathe. I have to think, consider, pray, go back to that place. Describe that. How do how does that look when you have a, a five-year-old, you know, and a two-year-old or four-year-old, right? And their hands in the other hair, right? Like their fingers are all in the other one's head and they're pulling their hair. So I don't know if that happens in your yep. house. But, yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. so it sounds like your process of accessing the peace of the Lord is actually something that happens maybe in a different time or what happens in that moment? What does that look like? Okay. So I have a good story for this to answer yeah. your question. I'm not the hero of this story. This is, um, I don't, hopefully I won't lose my coaching badge over this, you know, but this kind of really shows how it could all play out starting from accessing that piece. Okay. So um, also to kind of throw myself under the bus, I never get up before my kids. I just can't. I just props to all the moms out there who can, but at this phase of life, it's impossible. So we, I, my kids and I get up at the same time and I turn on worship music in my bedroom. My husband's usually gone at work long gone and they drink tea and I drink coffee and the, the older ones, the baby's still sleeping. Okay. And we just, I just pray. That's my prayer time. And they're there doing handwriting or whatever, playing with some little letters on the floor, whatever. But the other morning, I think this was last, this was this week sometime, just in the middle of this morning prayer time, my son says to me, mommy, just out of the blue, mommy, it was really hard for Jesus to die. Wasn't it? I go, Yeah. It was. And he goes, but he did it anyway, right? Yeah, because he loves us. You know, so I, I, I just, and I just let that sit. When that happens, I just, I just try not to get in the way. We're just, we are having mutual marvel right here at what Jesus did. And that is so amazing. And I know that it will influence life at some point. I just let it be, you know, I don't try to turn that into a lecture or whatever. We just move on with our day. So that later that day, a couple hours later, we're all getting into the car. We're potty we're trying to potty train the two-year-old. It's so hard. I've already been super frustrated this morning. I my heat level is so high. And my two-year-old, the, the big kids are buckled in. The two-year-old's like, no, he wants to close the door. He doesn't want to get in his car seat. He wants to close the van door. And I lose it. I blow a gasket. I overreact. I do the totally wrong thing, you know? And so I just leave. I want, I go get, I'm like, I am, I need my, I need my calm. I need to repair. I just go back in the house and I just, you know, like take a, take a walk. I pace around. I use a bathroom. I, I eventually come back when I've done some breathing. Okay. And I open the garage door, go walk over to the van. And my four-year-old is saying the one who told me, who was talking to me earlier about Jesus, he, he goes, Levi, it's okay. We forgive you. We forgive you. God forgives us. God forgives all of us. And my my five-year-old in the backseat is going, yeah, we we forgive you. We forget, we all forgive each other and we can move on with this day and have a beautiful day still. And I'm thinking, I thank you. I needed to hear that. You know, this is, it's all, it is in there. It's in the well of Mm -hmm. strength in our hearts. And so we can pull from that in these moments, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not that I rely on my kids to, you know, lift me out of, out of the situation, but they, They do. They can even bring conviction because of what the Lord's doing in their hearts. So yeah, yeah, that's how it plays out. I love that story. And I love it because you're just transparent and real. Like we all can relate, but it also shows that you've been really intentional in the conversations that you have had with your kids and other times. That's why it is a well in them. And so you've talked about who Jesus is and the value of reconciliation. And you modeled calm for yourself. 
and what you needed to calm down. And so let's just move to then helping your kids calm. That was you calm. Kids often need some extra help. What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I think like 80% of the time a hug can can help, can yeah. maybe entirely help it. It's like yeah. we we can't fix anything really until we're at a calm space in our in our brains and in our bodies. And a lot of times a hug works for my kids. It might not work for everybody's kids, but you, you find the thing. And uh-huh. other times it's redirecting their energy. Maybe they just need to run around the backyard a couple of times. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's low blood sugar. They mm-hmm. need just a quick bite to eat, or we need to have dinner and then come back around to it and circle back and fix this problem. Or just sitting with them and breathing, you know, it's, I find it really difficult to say to them now, take a deep breath, you know, like you need to calm down. So please start breathing. There's resistance there, you know, that's not going to work. But if I breathe with them and if they've practiced breathing before, like they've done this outside of the, the moment they understand the power that just taking a deep breath is. And so they'll, they'll do that. And also just empathetic statements like, I see what's happening with you right now. I see I see in a sincere and kind way like this is hard. Mm-hmm. Even if they're the perpetrator, you know, there's something that's going on in them and if I can connect with them with an empathetic statement, that's just super helpful to just mm-hmm. bring everything to a calmer place. Mhm. That's really good. We have so much help for people around how to calm. We've got videos, mm-hmm. blog posts. There's just, we, we've done a lot of work here at Connected Families around different tips and ways to help ourselves calm yes. and our kids calm. And I feel like it shows up in every one of our online courses. Mm-hmm. It's definitely here because it's the first rock. We need to come to this calm place so that we can then uh, move into understanding each other. Mm-hmm. And I loved that you just mentioned, I see you, even if you're the one who's got, you know, your siblings here in your hands right. right. or yep. you're, you whatever it is, like, you know, can we work through as parents, our own tapes in our head or all of those things? We talked a lot about, you know, all those default thought patterns that's in the course too. Can we work through that enough so that we can come to our kids and be on both of their sides, help Mm -hmm. them both calm so that we can then move to the next rock, which is understanding each other. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so let's just move to that rock and talk about that. Mm -hmm. Do you have any story there around help your kids understand each other? So I, I actually have a couple stories that would probably highlight this, but here's a really quick one. You know, in a we we can talk too about just building value for the relationship and building understanding of one another outside of conflict has so much influence on how they relate to one another within conflict. Mm-hmm. And so we have put the majority of our effort into doing that, building understanding of one another outside of the conflict zone. Mm -hmm. So that number one, a lot of arguments are, don't even happen because, you know, because they, they already understand each other. They already know how the other one is going to respond in this situation. They already know what the other person wants. They know what's driving them. They know how they can interact in a peaceful way. They've practiced that. So they don't have to have that argument or that fight. They don't have to duke it out. And the other one is just that they, because they've done so much practice being considerate of one another and considering the other's perspective, it often just shuts things down before it gets too heated. So for example, the other day, we're driving home from a birthday party. It's late at night. They should be in bed. And my 
two-year-old who's just getting verbal says one, two bus. He sees two buses in a row and the two in the back seat go one bus. You know, they try to just, they're, they're, they're being funny. You know, they think they're being funny, but it starts to build frustration in the two-year-old. He's like, no, he's counting one, two bus, you know? And so it's just, see, it's this little bickering that we could ignore as parents, or we could just wait till it gets too loud and then be like, stop it, you know? But I just turn around and I say to them, Hey guys, this is really fun for you, the older ones, but Levi's getting, sounds like he's getting frustrated by what you're saying. And they get quiet they don't respond and they just, it just dissipates. And then they move on. They find another game to laugh at mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. like 60 seconds, you know? And I'm just thinking, man, that really could have been a fight. They could have dug in their heels. They could have just wanted to antagonize the two-year-old because they're bigger and they can count better and they can trick him, you know, but they're, they're willing to consider his perspective because they're practiced in that. I I like that idea so much. We teach it even in the course that helping kids understand each other outside of the conflict really inevitably helps them to be able to understand what's going on in the midst of the conflict. And we did a lot of work in our family, just even around our personality differences. You know, Kaylee is this way and Mara is this way. I'm this way. Daddy's this way. And we can celebrate that we're different and that we have different perspectives and we can acknowledge sometimes like I I can remember Paul and I, we've talked about that, right? He's got a little bit more of an engineering mind. And so when we're doing the backsplash, in the kitchen and we're doing it ourselves and we're having some conflict expressing our differences even Mm -hmm. in front of the kids like okay I see you're attacking this from this angle and this perspective I'm doing it from this because we're different Mm -hmm. which just lessens the intensity of that conflict and now we're just in problem-solving mode and I can acknowledge you know the value that you bring and our kids are so different aren't they each one of them Their strengths are different. Their personalities are different. How they see the world is different. Yeah. And they can enjoy that. They can enjoy that. Now there was a, there was a day this, this past week where I was just, I have a sensitive, one of my children is sensitive and intense and the the four-year-old boy. And I was just having a day where I was struggling with frustration with him. We were butting heads. The, my daughter was watching this unfold and kind of experiencing the tension throughout the day. And at the end of the day, I hear her, they're getting ready for bed. They're putting their pajamas on. And I hear her say to her brother, can you fill this room with joyful laughter? And he, he just says yes to that. And he starts just putting his whole heart, joyful heart into just laughing hysterically. And pretty soon all three of the kids are rolling on the floor, just busting a gut and it just lightened the mood. So, but she knew that part of his identity is not just the strength that I'm fighting against all day is his strength for joy and for bringing celebration and lightening the mood. And she's experienced that. And that's part of how she understands him. Like you're saying, she understands his personality, his identity, and she even had the, you know, the insight. I mean, I, I don't think she was probably doing this consciously, but it plays out like this where they are loving and, you know, building into the strengths of one another as well, because they value that relationship. And again, it brings a solution so much more quickly so often to these conflict zones. Right. Because then if we were to place all of that pre-work into the middle of the conflict, then we can, in the middle of the conflict with them, call out 
each other's mm-hmm. differences and we can understand each other better because we know, okay, you do have a different personality. You have different viewpoint and I can work to understand that. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't mean mine's not right also, but we have to go to a break and we have two more rocks to get to, and we'll probably touch on them a little bit lighter than the first two, but stay tuned everybody. And we'll see you after the break. Did you imagine your kids to be best friends and have a house full of laughter, fun, and cute memory-making moments together? And yet, here you are, struggling with constant fighting, badgering, and teasing. Well, I feel you, friend. Sibling conflict is real, and Connected Families teaches parents the peace process in the Sibling Conflict Online Course. Listen, the inevitable conflict between your kids could actually strengthen their relationship. It is possible. Consider checking out the Sibling Conflict online course. The course only costs $34. It's one of our smaller courses. You take it on your own schedule and could even start as soon as you register. Well, if you've ever taken an online course from us, you know that outside of the core content, we give tons of extra resources. The peace process is catchy and you can teach it to your kids. It was an important tool for my family and I believe it will be an important tool for your whole family too. Go to the show notes right now to get information about our Sibling Conflict online course and register today. All right, we are here back after the break. Katie Johnson is with me. She is a certified Connected Families Parent Coach, and we have been talking about the peace process already. So you guys, we've covered two of the rocks, we call it the rocks, to get across the river, (laughs) to get to Reconciliation Mountain, and we have covered calm and understand. We're going to move to the second two, the last two, which is solve is the third one. And then celebrate is the fourth one. Celebrate. I know Katie, you and I love celebrate. Celebrating is fun. We'll get to why there's, there's some good, even brain science reasons around that. Get up now, solve. It's the third rock. And do you have a story that you can share about how your little kids solved the issue that they had, the conflict that they were working through. Yes. It's always so surprising to me what happens when they when they start to really figure it out, figure out their conflict. It's like this, this is a Holy Spirit surprise realm for for us because Love it. they I I never know what's gonna happen. And the beautiful thing about the peace process is that it really does put the kids in the driver's seat. And so if they start to tap into the character building that we're working on and their journey with the Lord and things that where they know they're growing and they start to apply that in the moment, it's like wow, I never would have seen that coming. What what happens, yeah. you know? So here's so here's an example. So this happened also this week. Like I said, it's we have they fight over bugs, and this was a caterpillar. And it's it's right before dinner, and the kids are in the back. The big kids are in the backyard, just screaming, screaming, ah, you know, just fighting. And I we realized it's a caterpillar that they're fighting over. They both want the same one. Okay, so so my daughter runs in crying and saying, he stole my caterpillar. So I say, okay, we're, let's talk about this at dinner because I'm thinking they're hungry. 
in order to calm down, we need some blood sugar intervention here, you know? So, but dinner's not quite ready. And so I don't, I can't just feed them in the moment. So we're still kind of getting dinner ready and she goes back outside and she's, she calms down a little bit knowing that we're going to talk about this later, but pretty soon she's crying and screaming again. So she runs back in and she's just sobbing. And I say, what, okay, what, what is it? What is it now? And she says, I want to talk to Bubby, but he keeps running away from me. Bubby's the nickname for the brother. So I say, okay, I can help you talk to him at dinner, but let's all just get some food inside of us first. And, you know, meanwhile, I have a naked two-year-old running around the house because we're trying to potty train him. And I'm thinking about there's going to be a poop explosion at any moment. I mean, messy, like truly messy. Right. And my husband is trying to like prep dinner, which means like ripping open packages and defrosting things, you know, and putting it on the table. And like, I mean, just like the middle of the chaos, right? Like so easily could be crazy mountain. I know that's really important to address what's going on with her and to give her at least a few of those empathetic statements like we talked about. So I just, I just say, okay, what did you want to tell him? I want to make sure that we can talk about that after we all get, get calm. And she goes, I just wanted to hug him. And she just starts sobbing. And so I, I just hug her and I say, oh, you, did you want to let him know that you love him more than that caterpillar? And she just nods her head, like vehemently, like, yes. And starts sobbing. Like she just wanted to reconcile with him. So I go into the other room and I find the brother who has run away and he's hiding because, you know, because he knows he stole that caterpillar. He shouldn't have. His sister is upset, but I tell him she just wanted to hug you. And his face just lights up and he realizes he's been forgiven already, you know? And so he runs into the kitchen, they embrace, she calms down, she stops crying. And I just, I don't say anything, you know, this is that moment where I'm like, they're really in the driver's seat. And this is, this is being led by their understanding of forgiveness, their love for one another. Again, that understanding that they've built outside of the moment. And mm-hmm. so I just let it be. I mean, it's a long hug. It's like a 60 second hug. You know, they're just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, so yeah. the brother doesn't say anything. He runs out of the room and I have too much on my mind to kind of think about where he's going and what he's doing. I'm still trying to put food on the table. And a couple seconds later, he comes back with a new caterpillar and he puts it on the dining room table and you know, just gives it to the sister. And she's like, thank you, you know, and he has made it right. You know, Um, he has solved it. I just think it tells you two things. Like one, we have an infestation of caterpillars that he could find one that quickly. (laughs) Okay. The caterpillar landed on the dining room table. We put it in a jar and we made sure, you know, he didn't crawl into the food, you know, whatever. But, um, but number two, he was convicted by his sister's proactive love to like, chase him down to make peace, literally, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was enough to help him make it right. And we went on to have a beautiful, peaceful dinner with no more fights. And they, they figured out how to share caterpillars the rest of the night, you know? Wow. It shows the work of reconciliation and valuing each other. The value of reconciliation shines Mm -hmm. through that. That's your family's way And I just like to say right here that, you know, in the online course, we have some extra bonus materials because maybe somebody listening is, is the parent that says, my kids don't even want to be around each other at all. Right. Like they are scratching each other Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're dealing with blood in our house. Yep. And I can't even imagine a story like that happening in my home right now. 
And I just want all of you to know that we've got extra resources mm-hmm. around serious anger, aggression. Yep. And when you have much, you know, deep seated things, mm-hmm. aggression and sibling yep. conflict that are happening, we have it. And we used a lot of those resources and tools. I mean, there's not time to go into it on a podcast, but there's so much good stuff out there about how to create moments where they can enjoy each other, how to Mm -hmm. give affirmation when you see that happening in effective ways, how to just little bit by little bit begin to build up the value for one another that they have and their security in their relationship with you that then feeds into how they relate to one another as well. So we used all of that. We started at chaos, you know, so there is hope. Mm -hmm. There's definitely hope. Yeah. We give a lot of tools for how to work with your kids to get to that rock of solve because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes they just don't want to reconcile and, and solve it because they want to hang on to those hard feelings. And that can be a difficult place for parents, but the course dives into that also. Let's get to our fourth rock because this is only a podcast. It's not an online course, right? Even though I know Katie, you and I would love to dive deep into a lot more (laughs) of the tools around each of these rocks, but let's get to celebrate. Celebrating Mm -hmm. is essential. It just feels messy, but brain science says that when we celebrate even partial successes, we will move forward faster Mm -hmm. and be able to repeat the success with less effort next time, because it doesn't matter what we're trying to change in our lives or tweak, Mm -hmm. we have to celebrate so that Mm -hmm. we can move forward faster. So Mm -hmm. how has that looked with your kids, Katie? We love to celebrate. I love to celebrate. And it's as simple as in the moment when they have figured it out, giving a high five. It's as simple as letting them hug each other sometimes if if they want to do that I, I never really kind of force them to do that but maybe they want to hug from me too just for, for me to say that was really hard and you figured it out and now we can move forward something as simple as that sometimes mm-hmm. we throw music on and have a dance party you know really sometimes it's just these goofy exciting get your blood pumping things that we do to celebrate other times it's more reflective we have affirmation journals for the kids that Lydia Rex when we when we were going through coaching with Lydia Rex, she mentioned this idea where you can just write down an affirmation for your kids and read that to them at some point during the day at bedtime is really powerful. We read those at bedtime. So I'll say specifically what they did, how it played out, what the benefit of that was and how it blessed their sibling, you know, Mm -hmm. just, just really say you are a blessing to your sibling, to your brother, to your sister. You did something for them today that helped you fix a problem and showed them your love. I love that. I love seeing that. I love you, you know, and that's so, so powerful. It just solidifies to them what, what was done, the benefit of that and how they're growing. Sometimes yeah. I'll just say, wow, that is an answer to prayer. We prayed about that this morning. We asked God for strength to forgive each other and we did, and we are, and now we're having a beautiful day. You know, mm-hmm. that, that day when I was in the van with them and, and they were all talking about forgiveness, uh, you know, after we had had a beautiful morning, I came back around to it and I said, wow, I was so grumpy. I was so angry. I needed to calm down. And then you reminded me of God's forgiveness and I remembered his forgiveness and we moved on and had a beautiful morning. We operated in that. Thank you, Lord. And just thanking God together, just noticing what the Lord is doing. And then, you know, a big part of it is retelling the story, telling the story in an accurate way, but 
placing an emphasis on the outcome of it, like the hard work that we put in to love one another well today and to practice patience really paid off because look how much we're enjoying each other. And sometimes I'll just say, wow, we are really enjoying each other right now. This is so fun. And that in and of itself is a celebration. We all go, yeah, this is great. When I think about celebrating, I think about there can be all kinds of, you demonstrated them, they're micro celebrations Mm -hmm. of remembering the day. What can we, you know, I think about that in terms of the rocks, right? Calming, Mm -hmm. see you calming. Good job. I see you, you know, working on settling yourself Mm -hmm. or, oh, you took a minute. I see that Mm -hmm. you're doing what you need to help yourself to calm. And so there can be micro celebrations throughout the process. Right. But then there can be kind of a bigger celebration mm-hmm. at the very end. And I, I think as I've used the peace process with my kids over the years, sometimes getting to the end has been, there's been some concerted effort. Mm-hmm. It was a bigger conflict, maybe right. especially as they get older, there's yep. a lot more words that can be yeah. spoken. Yeah. And so then asking them like, wow, this was hard work and you guys did it. How can we celebrate? And I can remember when I gave them each $5 to bike over to McDonald's to get whatever <laughs> they wanted and sat and ate it together. Yeah, yep. I was so proud of them and mm-hmm. they loved that idea. So that was one where I came up with the celebration. Mm-hmm. Other times they were smaller and what do you guys want? Go, go grab a popsicle. But yeah, celebration sure. comes in, in lots of forms. Yeah. And it's so good to celebrate. Yeah. Katie, it's been a wonderful conversation. And I feel like we did a great job of introducing the peace process. And we got ourselves from crazy mountain. We crossed over the river. <laughs> to calm, understand each other, Mm -hmm. solve the problem, and then celebrate. And then as a family, we hop over into reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. You know, I think the peace process is a tool and it's an extremely useful tool. I think what I have experienced in our family is that the, the power is the Lord's is the growth that the spirit is doing in us and between us. And I also want to say, you're never not going to have conflict. Like this is, we are not at a place where it's very quiet and peaceful and we can just (laughs) like move through our day in a placid stream. Like it's a raging river and we need these rocks to like get across. And sometimes we have to go backwards in order to go forwards. And it's not necessarily ever quiet in our house, but what I what I would encourage someone to aim for is that their kids would experience making peace and experience reconciliation. I've seen that my kids can resolve their conflicts faster. We still have them, but their trust in the process, their trust in the outcome, their trust that they can make peace, they can reconcile, restored relationship is possible. That trust begins to grow and you see the fruit of it in just the hard work that they're willing to do. And so, you know, it's worth it. Like go on the journey. It's so worth it. It's been worth mm-hmm. it for us. The glory is the Lord's. It's like, he's the one that's doing it, but yeah, I'm so grateful. So just, if you're, if you're interested in taking the course, go for it, do it, just do one thing at a time. One small thing at a time will make a difference. Yeah. That's right. Katie, thanks for being with me today and having this conversation. Yeah. We're going to have information 
anyone wants to get a hold of you, Katie, and even meet with you as a coach, that will be all in our show notes also. So thanks so much, Katie. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. If you could use an easy to remember, easy to teach your kids process to work through sibling conflict, then check out our online course today. Links are in the show notes or on our website. And hey, it's really inexpensive. It's less than $40. We are a listener supported organization. Over 46,000 parents like you listen to this podcast every month. Individual donations make the work to equip and encourage families possible. For more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. We'll see you next time.